0: And welcome to the No Bullshit Guide to Life with me, Bangs, in London.
1: And me, Lamara, out in these streets in New York. What?
0: Wait a minute. I just lied, actually, because I'm not in (laughs) London at all, am I? I'm not actually in London. (laughs) That was a total lie.
1: I'm here. Tell people where you are, Bangs.
0: Hey, up. This is uh, the No Bullshit Guide to Life. Um, Coming to you live (laughs) from Yorkshire. Um, I'm I'm up in um, Leeds at the moment visiting my family. So I am not, in fact, in London. That was a lie. I'm sorry. That was a lie.
1: the 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 the, the paternity test said you
0: yeah exactly big fat lie that's
1: me but before we kick into stuff must explain where we've been for like a few weeks um off in la la land me personally which has led to a bit of a drought of the shows guys um and i apologize because i'm sure you've missed us and we've missed you um so for the past two weeks yeah we haven't been around what remedy that? Now we're back through your airwaves, on your speakers, through your headphones. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All of that, all of that. Bullet, bullet, more fire. Yeah. So um, we're back, and thank you for bearing with us with the the absence and the silence. But
0: yay! So what's new in your world? What's happening?
1: Oh, there's a lot of good shit going on around here. Before I get into my actual good shit of what's going on around here, uh, but generally the world is looking good. We've had some sunshine. Um, which I mean, every week I must comment on the weather. I'm actually going to dive into the weather a little bit more, but it makes such a big difference. So New York is opening itself up in new ways. I think people are walking around with a bit more pep in their step. Um, so all of the good shit over here. I've been seeing some good music, seeing some good art. It's all good over here, fam. What about you?
0: Well, uh, I've been sick for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: you so know, life already.
0: Yeah, I'm like yeah
1: was like turn it down that much tomorrow
0: i mean turn life is beautiful and all of that but not so much when you've got viral gastroenteritis um mm, mm,
1: which i had mm, for a week mm. which um
0: if you're not familiar with what it, what it is it's just not pretty i'm just going to leave it there i'm just going to leave that hanging for you exactly um, exactly and if you were wondering if it's a good idea to teach for five spin classes within a four-day period when you have that illness i'm going to go ahead and let you know it's not it's not a good idea
1: not a good idea no don't do it if you were thinking about no. it no no don't say um, yes to life when you have um an illness like no, that that's just it's okay to say no it's
0: just trying to not let you be great which is what happened to me but you know spirits are high but just body was like mm, computer says no
1: my mind is telling me no yeah i have to go down well,
0: no my body was really telling me <laughs> no, in, like the biggest way. my body was like Mm-mm, bitch sit down um so yeah, what? but apart from that, you know, glorious, glorious times, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, very lovely.
1: Um, what are you... Somewhere in there is goodness. Yeah, Somewhere we... in
0: there, I really had to like really delve, really delve. It's pretty okay,
1: deep. it's all right to have a pessimistic, so <laughs> a pessimistic outlook. That's just some real talk. Like, yo, I was ill.
0: I was really sick. Try,
1: try to find the goodness in that. You so, know.
0: I was happy, my life was good, but just not, like, a little bit of the sheen was off it because... It, it wasn't trying to let you live, bro. No, it just felt like I was, like, walking underwater all week, you know what I mean? But, <sighs> but anyway, um, what... Oh, I've been to it. What would you like to call bullshit on this week?
1: <sighs> Bangs. Oh, God, okay. I'm prepared. No, so. I just, I just, like, I've, I've, i spoke out loud to myself, Lamara, can you call bullshit on this? Then I was like, "Yeah, because it's fucking annoying. I'm calling pe- bullshit, right, on people that really invade your personal space." There's a caveat in that it's majority in public spaces. Now, don't at me, because I know people are like, "Uh, if you're out on road and someone's in your space, well, you're out on road and there's a million other people, and you just got to deal with it." No, 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 no. No, if you're sitting down on the subway if you're you know standing as i was last night like in i was at concert standing in this little nook behind something in the club um if you are in a line right very american now Lamar, but in a line in a store and someone that's is that's a queue in a
0: shop for uh, the <laughs> english people that's i Q... beg you translate queue you... in a shop yeah. is what that was yes continue. losing, losing. i'm losing all my
1: londonisms but if you are in one of those three spaces, and there is someone so close to you that you can feel the breath of theirs on the back oh, of your head, oh, that's not okay.
0: That's not if okay. I'm
1: standing in the corner and then I just became an extension of the wall for you to lean on, if you're sitting down on the train and you sit on half of my leg, no, on the train. Excuse me, sir. No. Excuse me. No. Stop. Madam. people who invade your space in that way and it made me think like i mean like the line thing is one thing i'm just like ease up off on it and then those are the type of people that be like are you waiting what what the fuck do you think i'm doing no i'm i'm standing here for the good of my health but particularly in the situation i was last night i was like you clearly don't see me and then i just i got so frustrated i'm like i'm trying to enjoy the show great show This chick is leaning on me like I'm an extension of the wall, and then she's flicking her hair, and it's like on my nose. I was like, "Lamara, move!" No, I was here for a reason. Like I wanted this nook, and then it becomes that you're the awkward person to that person. Yeah, you're the agitator because you are now like making up a fuss because oh my god, like you're in a public space. But it's not the point. She was. In my space. Yeah. Like, I did some really, like, not even bullshit things. Like, you know, I'm just going to put my hands on my hip. Oh, and you're still touching me. And I'm going to turn to the side. And every time I turn to the side to decrease the space, it's like she enveloped it even more. I was like, this is is, a fuckery. Really? Um, So I'm calling bullshit on people who invade your personal space, albeit in public spaces. Just be more cognizant of who's around you. Like... If you're standing in the queue, don't go up here, someone's behind or backside, as my dad says. Like, nobody's got time for that. Just be more aware. Like, cities are crowded, public spaces are crowded, but give that person a bit of breathing room. Like, um, so yeah, I'm calling bullshit on that because I just can't I can't handle long for man. Over to you. Um,
0: so I, oh God. I I don't know if I fully call bullshit on it because I understand why people do it um but I, I do all every time it happens I do feel a bit of a pang of a like mm, really necessary I don't think so um so basically just people um rushing to have an opinion or make a judgment about something case in point um specifically what I'm referring to is things like Beyonce's album dropping obviously that's a massive body of work that put her <sighs> T- took her probably months, maybe a year or so to put together. Um, there's, it's, there's many layers to it. There's a lot happening, and so no, I'm sorry. Your review that you released seven minutes after the mm-hmm. album came out, mm, I don't think you could actually digest all of that material in that time. And just because you want to be the first person to say something on it, just can you just, just chill. We're cool. We can wait. We're here. Um, so just fully take something on board. The same thing when Prince died, like rest in peace, <laughs> rest in peace to my man, Prince. But listen, t- how like two and a half minutes after the announcement was made, everybody and their mum has got some kind of obituary up on the man. And it's like, yeah, cool. But just, and also it kind of freaks me out that that's happening because were you just, was that pre-written? Was and it, you just, were you
1: waiting? Were you just waiting for that to happen? Published. Did you start no. writing it last Seriously, year? Seriously.
0: It does make me think that every time. Is I, it
1: insert name here? Oh, honestly. Okay.
0: Yeah. You know, it kind of, And everybody and and especially when it comes to people's deaths and things, uh, being wanting to be the first publication or whatever to announce it is all well and good. But what happens is you go ahead and do, you know, write these articles and make assumptions and claims and things um, with no evidence and nothing to back it up. And then that's when the rumor mill starts and things get all crazy and whatever. And, uh, you know, just it, it spreads a whole bunch of manure that's just not true. Um, so I think yeah, I'm calling bullshit on this incessant need in this kind of internet era to be like the first at everything. Well, you can't, yes. l- like that's basically just, you know, every freaking comment section on like popular blogs or Instagram feeds. There's always some asshole who gets in there and literally their comment is first. Like that, they're the first yeah.
1: person who and commented like, on I something. On you know, Instagram post, right. I'm like, okay, like, my G E.
0: That's your life. You're just waiting to be the first person to comment on something. What, like, why, for, why?
1: It's the thing as well. <sighs> it's just like I totally feel you shooting off the hip with opinions. I think I'd like to think I digest a bit more. Right. Um, I read widely um, enough to like. Okay, well, here's what I initially think. And then let me just go out and like, okay, that's cool over there. That's cool over here. Does that actually align with how I'm feeling? Oh, that's a new side of it. And then release my right. opinion to the world. You kind of got to let that shit simmer. It's like, yeah, exactly with that. The same things happen with Beyonce's album. The same things happen with Drake's album. Yeah. And like, I call bullshit on myself because I said to my my group of guy friends, like, man, I'm not really feeling views. They were like, listen to it a couple more times. Oh, right now this is right my exactly yeah. well there's certain spaces which you can kind of like let that off but when it's out on the big bad internet like you are really putting uh your fork in the ground like this is my opinion and this is this is it this is the be all and end all but you really gotta let that shit simmer man like it, it can't be a knee-jerk reaction and i think a lot of the knee jerk reactions and we probably touch on it in our main topic today can come back to bite you Mm. a lot right because you just haven't given it thought you haven't understood the context in which you should view this um and you haven't shut the fuck up a little and let it simmer completely uh,
0: and i also i also think it kind of um decreases people's ability for independent thought when everybody is kind of trying to crowd the space with their opinion like um you know there's other people who like listen i only i've barely even listened to lemonade at all um, I kind of had a very brief listen, kind of skipping through the tracks type listen on Friday, but had literally no desire to do so until that point, because I just couldn't bear to wade through all the bullshit. I haven't read any reviews. I didn't want to see anything about it because I want to make up my own mind. Thank you. Um, and also, you know, unless you're like, Really in the business and a trusted music journalist, I, I'm you can go ahead and keep your opinion to yourself. Really, ain't yeah. nobody really caring about like it. Let's be real, everyone
1: and their mama, everyone is has an opinion, you know, to say, I'm not like, okay, that's a bit valid,
0: yeah. You know, it's well, like, no, you, you can, can say what your, you want to you say, you can have but your but opinion, absolutely. But it's but just like, is it you don't need to crowd it. the space with it immediately? Like, if you're gonna, if you absolutely feel like you must have something to say you have a responsibility if you're going to put it in the public space to make it something of substance you know what i mean like so as you said do yourself a favor sit back listen to it digest um listen to it again and then form an opinion and then if you feel the need to write something about it awesome great like share that with the world but i'm just kind of growing really weary of people's incessant need to just be first all the time it's not that serious dudes. anyway um good shit what do you call good shit on
1: um, I'm calling good, incredible, great shit on sunshine and strolls. Um, I know. Those two things in particular. Like I said, the weather was very decent um, in New York the week before last. We've had some rain since, but hey. Um, and I'm seeing and hearing that London weather is looking too paying for life right now and all of that good stuff. So... Like, good shit on getting yourself out, um, outside in whatever capacity you can, enjoying the sunshine and taking a stroll with it, be it with someone on your own, um, taking a book to a designated place and having a read, like walking with your coffee down a particular road or buy some water. Like, good shit on sunshine and strolls because, listen, being a, a child that craves melanin, like, that is immediately good for all of me like the minute the sunshine hits me I'm like yes feel rejuvenated I start to feel great again so getting yourself out to the sunshine will do you a world of good and then taking a stroll and, and perhaps being a little bit reflective or doing something dope at the end of it I think will just ease and um pleasure your mind a little bit more so I'm calling good shit on sunshine and strolls um whether it be with someone on your own or whatever you want to do at the end of it, just basically get outside, enjoy the sunshine when you can, because as we know, English people, the minute it turns, we're going to be the first ones to complain. So I call good shit on that, definitely. I think that's
0: and a very good thing to call good shit
1: on. Why, thank you. And over to you.
0: So my good shit is, and again, I don't really know how to phrase it. I think I'm going to say, my good shit is, parents appreciating the impact non-parents can have on their children oh did that make sense
1: parents appreciating the impact non-parents can have yeah i'm with it i okay. said it over so for context
0: oh. um there's a girl who i mentor and i think i probably was talking about her a couple of weeks ago um i went out to dinner with her recently and Basically, to cut a long story short, I uh, bumped into her dad and her dad kind of gave me this really lovely little speech about how glad he is that I'm in her life um, and that um, what a Im- positive impact I've had on her and how he's really glad that she has me to look up to and um, as a as a role model and that it takes a village to to raise a child. So he's, you know, I was kind of singing his praises as a father and what a great job he's done with her. But he was saying, but no... You know, mm. people like you matter. People like you have had mm. big influence in her life and have really impacted her. And um, I'm a non-mother by choice. I don't really have a desire to have children and never really have. And um, I, it's very, it's really touching when a parent acknowledges your worth and mm-hmm. a, and in terms of the impact that you can have on their child. And I just think, um, I mean, I could talk about the decision to not have children, um, till the cows come home, to be honest. Um, but I think one of the things that is really important in every child's life is to have examples of, especially women who, Mm -hmm. um, are not mothers so that they have examples of people to look up to where it's like, oh, that's another option. I don't have to have children. That's not the only option for me as a woman. Um, so I think it's really, important. Not that I'm all like, oh, I'm doing the world a massive favour by not having kids, although PS I am. Um but I <laughs> just to throw that in there. Um, side note, I'm <laughs> side, doing the world a tremendous side favor. Side note, it actually is like a big deal. Um but it's really lovely when parents acknowledge that, you know, and don't try and give you the the whole kind of well, when you have your own type thing and just respect your decision and ag- appreciate you and the value that you bring to their child's life regardless. is very nice.
1: Totally. And I'm um, co-signing a second that. And I think, you know, there's something I do say, uh, which I think I've just learned from my parents. And like, you when, when you have a child, you'll know. And I'm like, yeah, but for now, I don't. And let's be honest, parents, that's not something you want me to plant on your doorstep in the next few years. But it doesn't mean that, There's something about this Bond... Or this uh, this maternal bond, which makes it the be all and the end all and the know all of advice and being a wise old sage and being able to yeah. give you the correct advice in your life, which is not actually true. Like we spoke a lot about friendships and squad mm. goals and having a great team around you to push you and inspire you. And then let's not even get into if you don't have a good relationship with your with your your mother or your father, like where you're finding your sources of inspiration and influence yeah. from. So it's not that you have to be a parent to know how to give knowledge and advice and support someone, you know, you can achieve it by being a mentor, by being a great friend, um, by still having that person's back and like being, you know, being something or someone they can refer to as home and that safe space and where they get some dope ass information from also like you don't always want your parents to be telling you shit you no, know
0: exactly it's just you don't important Always want
1: have. it to come from mom or dad yeah um so yeah second that like and to which we know like of course me and bangs are privy to some very like privy to some information here i know who you're talking about and i know that father and it's just like for that child to be great already with their pops, yeah. like, I mean, like they're, yeah. Just great people to begin with, but exactly. Um, but I have knowing, um, that person have seen them grow as well through like knowing you, Mm. knowing, knowing myself and like, that's that support. That's that. It takes a village Yeah. because there are certain things in your life. I think that your parents know how great and fantastic uh, they are. And, there's a, when they let go of the hand, like who else is, who else is going to, going to carry you through.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so there is a, a huge benefit to, to what you're saying, you know,
0: Yeah.
1: to, to being the non-parent, to being the mentor, to being someone other than your mother and father to just be like, Hey, yeah. i got you like, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, I second that. Yeah. I co that.
0: I could really talk about this topic all day, but let's. I not. think, I, it, I mean, think, like. It may we, have to be
1: a future one. It may have to be a future I feel that we episode. need to make it a future one because, like, from what Bangs and I have spoken to, um, spoken about, I was going to say, behind the scenes, like, we're in some big major production of a show, like, I'm sitting <laughs> in my dream chair and you're sitting in your dream chair. And i leave, you know, to be like, actually, what's your opinion? There's something to, there, there's something about parenting um that we probably do need to address i talk about it a lot in reference like to have it shaped my worldviews to to today and now we're talking about well you don't have to be a parent to be able to to uh, support someone so you know and this is like the open call and we'll think on it too like if there's if there's an if there's advice or some real talk and parenting that needs to be done because let, let's let be honest you know anyone can have a child but not anyone could be a parent mm. and i'm coming out from that angle and 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 shit i have seen um but yeah, we'll save that for another day. Cause we got whew, We're diving in. We're diving in. We're diving in. Let's let's dive in. Listen, today I'm calling this one um, and I forget the artist who who has this song. Um, it's some old banger like Magic FM days. But it's you probably think this song is about you. It's not. <laughs> it's not. you know, let me just come out with you the quick quickness. You probably think this song is about you and it's not. And it is in reference. I mean, listen, Beyonce changed the world um, a week and a bit ago when she released Lemonade. Not only the audio album, but the visual, the visual masterpiece um, with all of the beautiful goodness to accompany her very, very brilliant sounding album. And in context of what you were saying about people hold back on your opinions, um, don't just, you know, fire from the hip and be first to comment on something without letting it simmer, without diluting it and, and then being able to offer a, uh, a well-constructed critique into the world. But then also know your place, right? Mm. And, and coming at this from understanding or, you know, understanding, I used that very loosely, Piers Morgan's report to Beyonce's Lemonade, you know, she's the militant. She's this Afro-styled haired woman. She's, you know, being too black. She's not palatable for your your whiteness or the safeness which she wants occupied because now she's coming out with a doo doo wopty and, like, hitting you over the head with all of these things. But this, I go back to the title, you probably think this song is about you. It's not. Mm. It's not. It's not. And I'm not afraid to say, like, to be honest, Ms. Morgan, it's not for the majority of the white population to kind of understand how Beyonce is negotiating and constructing her blackness through her work of late. Um, And then what it actually means to to display that at such a high level. Um, and we, talk, I, you know, I was going to say we talk about, but it's one of the conversations I'm always kind of like in the back of my head of the the dynamic between being a celebrity, but uh, being a black celebrity and for your race and the point at which your class kind of like takes away your most salient point about you. And that's a whole nother conversation, but it's not about you. Um, everything that she's doing with this body of work, and I, you know, one of the better opinion pieces that I've I, I read was like it's about her legacy of maybe what she's passing on to her daughter, maybe what she's experienced from her mother, and not so much reconnecting with her her southern roots, but making that at the forefront. And I'm reminded of it, like, and I I got to this um this this, this train of thought through reading. Whatever the fuck Piers Morgan had to say about it. Like, and of course, not even white-explaining, but inserting yourself into a bait that doesn't fucking concern yeah. you. Number one. But a few other interactions I've had with people who are just like trying maybe to get through me. The critical analysis or the line notes as to what this album means. And i struggling for meaning because you know what? It just doesn't fucking appeal. It's, it's it's not for you. I remember when formation dropped and I was in a public space. So I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Well, no, I don't want you as a non POC to be singing that, you know, you like your Jackson five nostrils or you want your baby hair with baby hairs and Afro. Like that's not for you. And she's doing that on purpose. I think in the context of what we're talking about to do with Beyonce, like it's people <sighs> take a back seat and I'm getting it to the context of taking a back seat, realising what is for your entertainment versus others and the uplifting it may be given to others that you may not get. And also throwing that in there, um, being good fucking ally. Mm. Yeah. And it's not to say that non-people of colour cannot support black lives matter or understanding or trying to to trying to understand and negate what it means to have a person of color experience today and in the past and whatnot like in whichever strand of history you've seen there have been allies outside of and i'm using inverted commas you can't see it race because i believe it to be a social construct as salient as it is but there have been good allies But the part of being an ally to me, like, is supporting, but knowing when to shut the fuck up. So it again relates to the point of it's not about you. So I don't want to hear it about you when it's a subject matter dealing with me. When you should be taking a seat to the side and just letting someone else come into fore. And I, yeah, I'm gonna stop because this is okay. Draw breath. Draw breath. Draw breath. Jeez. I'm gonna get off the soapbox. It's, It's from Beyonce to Kendrick Lamar's Grammy performance to what certain lyrics he has pertains to like maybe just a criticism of black art throughout the spectrums of of what um, these type of artists offer and I'm just here to say like sometimes it's not about you.
0: I think especially (laughs) when it comes to just to backtrack to Piers Morgan specifically and, and well Piers Morgan and the very, very many white tears which have been cried um, since <laughs> since Beyoncé released Formation. Um, isn't it just really the ultimate in white privilege to be like, oh, well, well, I don't get it, so it's bullshit. You, like, um, sit um, the, first of all, peers, sit the fuck down. I don't think Beyoncé was in the studio cooking up some tunes, being like, uh, wait a minute, guys, guys, I don't think Piers Morgan's going to get it, so well, let's regroup. People,
1: I don't think Piers is going to get it. So you know so what? You know what? Like, Scrap that.
0: And I think Scrap that. as as a white person who is lucky enough to have friends who are people of colour, um, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to be privy to those conversations, and also just smart enough to know when to sit down and shut the fuck up and listen, um, I think what's interesting is... You know, for white people, everything is always aimed at us. Mm. So for peers, being, you know, the living embodiment of privilege, white privilege in particular, um, it's com- it's so far outside of his wheelhouse that someone would <coughs> dare to make something that doesn't speak to him, yeah. that it doesn't even compute for him, it doesn't even register. It doesn't... Yeah. Oh. It's not for me, then it's bullshit. Then I don't get, like, no, no, Beyonce's wrong. I'll say for me, um, and please don't at me, Beyonce fans. Um, wait, because when the beehive comes, coming, yeah, no, it's serious. Um, anyway, but you know, listen, I've always thought Beyonce, obviously, very talented, very beautiful woman, but I was never really like, I ne- the whole beehive thing, crazy fanatical fandom for Beyonce. I never really got it. I kind of, you know, yeah, it's cool, she makes a good tune. I dance around to it whatever whatever but I always thought it kind of lacked substance a little bit mm. and I'm actually really enjoying this iteration yes. of Beyonce yes. because she's yes. about something now yes. you know what I mean and yes. that's fine that it's her not not discovering her blackness she's been black people and this and this she is the thing she has been black
1: this is the whole thing time. like it's not and I'm so glad <laughs> you you raised that point, is that people saying, oh, my God, she's discovered a black... like It's not like she woke up in the morning and was like, you know, turn my swag on, let me turn this blackness on. She's been she's black. Been she's black. been a southern black woman who's always, I believe, like, in some capacity, been proud of her roots and her heritage. And she can't ignore the strength and, like, you're talking about traditions upon traditions and you kinda you, you, you saw it in a formation video of that Southern Black Bell womanhood and what you know that that little I think nod to like seance and, and perhaps voodooism that she was she was getting out. She's she's been that. I credit a lot with this her team. Um because and I've noticed this exact change that you've seen in her. Like like I said, like, you know, I you know, Bum Beyoncé. Get it, rate it. But it wasn't until the last album and this album that I've just been like, oh, right. hello.
0: Now you're saying something. Now
1: you're saying yeah, something. Yeah. And I and this is the thing, like I don't have to buy. I don't have, I don't want to. I didn't want to bite into her just for the sake of like the hype or I need to support her because she can do well without my sure. support, she, thoughts she and opinions my yeah. or my you know two hundred dollars for a concert ticket. But it's that what i'm 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 trying to say here is like and maybe it's the is it peril, but it's this accountability that you may hold a black celebrity to, especially in these times, or when you're seeing um what is happening to uh the black body at so many levels and how it's being like how you can know, as
0: an artist how is she how expected she not to not talk something. about that how is she expected exactly. to not talk about that exactly when you think of when destiny's child came out late 90s it was a very bouncy bouncy era like no right. black artists were really right. touching on that on a really right. serious level and
1: if those, those if they were you know, this wasn't, it, it wasn't... It
0: wasn't mainstream, you didn't have like, anybody on her exactly,
1: level. Exactly. Black Lives wasn't a mainstream issue as yet. And the people, you know, don't at me. I'm not saying that just because we have this, um, this movement in the last couple of years that it wasn't happening before. I know that. Yeah, of course. But now, you know, we are talking mainstream popular culture now. Now you cannot escape the hashtag. Now there's a greater level, I think, of accountability because we've been hit over the head with all of the destruction that is being done but to, it's not, uh, and it, well,
0: it's that. It's that. It's the fact that look what's happening in society, exactly. and, and, and that's a responsibility of any artist in any era exactly. is to reflect and, you know, and speak on what's going on in that. And then when right. you look at Beyoncé's personal life, the fact that she's become a mother, her life has changed right. somewhat. Her perspectives right. on things are going to change when she sees, you know, the killing of Tra- Trayvon Martin um, or Sandra
1: Bland. Like you got yeah, like you the bombs did it, and people act, like dragged him. She's doing it. You're thinking of who's underneath you, and yeah. you're thinking of your children, your legacy, like. What the fuck? We're not inescapable from this. And I think that's the point I think she's at now. I think like, it'd be really
0: irresponsible of her to not discuss any of these issues in musical form at this and point. And I know, you know?
1: I know, like, harking it back, and this, is, this discussion I had the other day, and I think this is perhaps whew, where class comes into it. And that's, that's a monolith on its own of, like, how can you stand how can you be at the forefront of this you know if we compare it if we could to the 1960s and I'm I'm think I know you know Harry Belafonte comes out a lot against Jay-Z and Beyonce like and and other theorists of that time um entrenched in like social political black thought like these are not our people like I marched and they're not marching and because they have to do it in different ways yeah they have to, the game has changed somewhat in 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 the mode I believe of activism and knowing that we have now these social tools at our disposal and it's not saying the the fight is over it's not saying we have overcome but it's how they're going to challenge it through the levels of access they have so she to me cannot be silent about something like this anymore and I think it's a great it's a great trajectory so far of um in in I wouldn't say like again, like, embracing her womanhood because she's always done that. But from the last album to be like, you know, I'm a feminist and I'm going to make an album which is an ode to me and my body and me and my husband and what we do. And, like, everybody take this because you can celebrate your body and you can... You know, appreciate its sexual prowess on your own or with your partner, and you can still be called a feminist. And people come in there because she doesn't rep- represent all women. All right, boom, here's your album, innit? Like, now we come out honoring again, this Blackness, speaking on the subject of infidelity, which is after the last album to this one, is like, again, bearing her soul and knowing, I think, she has to to really stand for something in these times. Like, we talk a lot about outside of this topic of what authenticity is and what that means and, uh, and you know, telling your truth and here she is doing it through uh, a, a visual aesthetic and I think this is what people are going in on a lot, right? Her visual aesthetic of how she's constructed those videos which are, even though I say bun Oscars, like all cinematic praise award worthy because the nuance presented in them is just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and it it's like I've been obsessed you know like watching it over and over and over like trying to then pull out the cues which I may not get as a black British woman which a black southerner does but what she's really really trying to proclaim here and you said it as well like bringing white privilege into it like As it is that the privilege, sorry, of ignorance to a certain extent, but also the privilege of not seeing yourself as the other and knowing that wherever you go, your image and your likeness is reflected in you. So sorry, not sorry for finally seeing a piece of work by uh, one of the biggest superstars that we have and feeling very connected to that work if I can't even get the subtleties, but the actual reflection. And, you know, I very rarely talk about my nine to five, but if I do the branding and a bit of marketing and what I'm seeing, what I daily see, which really, you know, fucking upsets me, is that I'm never the person marketed to. I'm never the person in the advertisement, rarely um and just you you know it's funny I, how i grew up like my dad's always been like you know you, you remember the world doesn't see you as a consumer lamar and i never knew what that meant until i hit like 20 21 in that apparently people of color don't buy toilet paper we're not at mcdonald's or maybe we are or we're not in you know buying uh tvs at curry's or we're not on car phone warehouse adverts mm. we're definitely not driving the bend yeah, yeah and Like, do this test, like sit in front of your TV and fuck it, count how many people of colour you see in adverts. Like, what that is shouting back at you is that you're not a consumer, you're not, and everyone is in this world. I mean, I'll give you the statistics about what, you know, the expenditure, particularly for African-Americans, is in the 21st century. But everything shouts back at you and displays back at you that you are not here you are not present we're not marketing to you we're not seeing you we're not validating you through these channels so to sit and see shit like that on tv on billboards to work and see like a total suction of that image really gets me you know and I'm pounding my heart y'all can't see it but it gets me um and I'm probably going off topic here but like I wrote a piece about South by Southwest, aka South by South White, and just being, I felt, completely ignored or minimalized. dare I say, invisible in this space. If we're talking about the future and you're not kind of like putting or understanding the way the colour of the world's going to change, again, leaving me invisible and not seeing me in these spaces, from a music video to a TV advertisement and otherizing me in places that you do, fuck it, that's white privilege in all of these spaces. And the clap, like, not the clap back, the pushback that I have to these people that don't get it is like, God, let us have something. Jesus, we're not seeing ourselves reflected in these places a lot, you know, and versus overly seeing yourself. And it it matters on so many levels, the nuance of which she's bringing out on her work, but then just also to have that body of work and have it speak to um, black womanhood in that way In itself, fuck it's a revolutionary act. Um, And I'm very for representation, as you can tell. (laughs) I'm very for representation. I have, you know, younger sister. I have younger nieces who are coming up and already have these conversations with me. Like, someone said something about me being a different colour at school today, Lem. Or, you know, what about my hair? Like, I can't get my hair straight. Or, you know someone called me out on this and I'm just like, shit, like there needs to be, there needs to be more things they see. That's why we, you know, me personally will clap when I see a Beyonce album, when, you know, the 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 TV cartoon Doc McStuffins has come out, you know, which is freaking dope and like a very good form of therapy. When like, you know, you have people like Amandla Steinberg, Stein, Amanda, I can never say her name right, Amandla Steinberg, you know, Writing and directing, and and a Zendaya like clapping back on the internet and reclaiming a lot of shit about us because our image is now in the world and people are gonna try and tell us it's different when we really know what it is. Again, I will dismount from my soapbox to let you come in so we're having a conversation, but it, it just is it's it's, it's pre Beyonce, it's with Beyonce, and it's post Beyonce of what of what it means like when something is not for you and how you criticize that knowing that yeah, it's not fucking for you, bro. Like, I think sorry, thanks. Let's the, make this a conversation.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, I think the problem is at the moment what we're seeing in pop culture when there's, uh, you know, mega stars so, like Beyonce um, and Kendrick Lamar's incredible Grammy performance, um, w- which again was clearly not for us as white people, Um But let me tell you, as a white person, I sat back and watched that performance and was blown away. And, you know, I'm never going to understand his experience as a black man, but I appreciate so much his art and his storytelling and the way he expresses his experience, which, again, is never going to make me understand it and me feel it. But It helps me get there. You know what I mean? It helps me be like, okay, I'm not going to sit in my little bubble of ignorance. I want to listen to the way you walk through the world and experience it and how that differs from me. Um, And I like to think there's a lot of white people who think the same as me. But then then I look at the Internet and my hopes are dashed. Um, But like, you know, I see kind of the reaction to, to Beyonce's album, but especially when Formation came out and, you know, people calling her Ooh. people calling her oh she's racist and which i can't i just i don't there's not enough hours in the day for me to explain how black people can't be racist like, thank you I just, there's not enough hours in the day for me to explain certain. that
1: but there's not enough hours in the day people ain't got enough patience but i how it works what, but what's eh, sad
0: eh, about it is eh. that those people who are saying that unfortunately, I feel, are never going to be the type of people who are going to sit down and listen to a rational, logical argument about that for their viewpoint to be changed. I kind of feel the same at the moment, unfortunately, about Trump supporters. You know, write all the think pieces you want about Trump. Go ahead, have at it. But... The people who need to hear that are not going to be reading that. They're not. That's not the audience. You know what I mean? So It doesn't matter. You can keep writing it. You can keep. Absolutely. Cool. But there's not a Trump supporter out there who will sit down, read that and think "Hmm, that's logical. Sure. Yeah. I'm actually not going to vote for Trump. It's just not going to happen. And I feel the same way about people who are kind of like dismissive of, um, I was going to say the latest version of Beyoncé, which is not the way I want to phrase it, but
1: (laughs) I get where you're coming from. But you know what I'm
0: trying to say, like Beyoncé 2.0, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, um, who were just kind of like, oh, she's really radical, and oh, she's she's really radical, and she's really black. Like, she's, as I said before, she's been black, and I think it would be, as I said before, really responsible of her as an artist, as a woman, as a black woman, as a functioning member of society, to not address a lot of the shit that's going on here, and I think it's really annoying um slash dangerous that there's a section of white people out there who just the second an artist particularly black artists start speaking about political issues and things like black lives matter um this, this segment of society, white society, that just dismisses it well no, no actually no you you've gone all black now, so no um it doesn't matter it's not it's not relevant to me i'm just going to shut down, i'm not going to listen to it, so what, like how do we really progress after you how, how do we progress if you're not ever gonna if you're not willing to sit and listen and and hear that argument and listen and just listen to somebody's experience here's m- another point I want to make is um kind of not in defense of stupid white people, but to a degree. Um, you know, I'm very lucky to have been brought up very multiculturally, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of us who grew up in major metropolises often take that for granted. Um, or but not even just grew up in a metropolis but did actually interact with people of different races there's a difference because there's a lot of people who grow up in a city and just stay in their own little corner and never interact with anybody of any other race um but i think um especially if you know if you look at england we'll you know the people in the cities obviously it's very multicultural we have interactions with people of different races every day but if you're out in the sticks somewhere same thing with the states like if you're out oh. in the sticks somewhere and you never encounter a black person or a person of color or um you know your experience is, say like, you know, frat boys who love to use the N word, right? They have, they, <coughs> which I'm not defending at all, by the way, but I never use that word and wouldn't use that word. And I've listened to hip hop my whole life, but there's, you've got these frat boys who will use it because they listen to Snoop Dogg all the time, but they've never actually encountered genuine real life black person to have an understanding of the fact that it's actually really fucking offensive. And it's not for you. It's not your word. And no, your privilege as a white person does not mean that you get to use it. It's just not for you. Just accept it. And I can't bear to listen to those arguments that white yeah. boys in particular it always yeah. seems to be love to make about how they should have the right to use the word like, if you a... actually listened just shut the fuck up and listen to the other side about how if, listen they black people are specifically explicitly telling you this is not okay for you to use so you don't get to come back and be like, uh, actually, I'm going to use it anyway. No, you don't. You don't. That's ruthless. Do that. Yeah.
1: I think there's a brilliant, there's a brilliant, brilliant article by uh, Talib Kuali, um entitled "N Asterix, Please," and just basically the the defence and like the real. <laughs> I liken it to like you know a child who won't let their teddy bear go. Like, yeah. like why I must you say need it to use this word? Why? why have it why Why, must you say it really 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 basic argument well if you say it why can't i say it Uh, because it's fucking different bro but like why are you trying to hold on to a word that isn't about you or for for you? you and what does it say that you want to hold on to that word to be able to to you know, say it in the context of rap, sure, side-eye, or out the context of rap. There's all these passes, all these blies that, you know, certain uh white people are looking at with this word particularly. like, if you say it, we can say it. no. Well, but like, you know, like I don't mean anything negative or bad, or I, I'm not I'm not coming for you, Lamar. If I call you that word, uh um... it still doesn't sit right with me. I take issue at black people that call me that word. But I do, like, I have parts, but it's like...
0: For white oh, people who want to use that word so badly, you're so desperate to be part like, of that culture. Exactly. Then, you can then, do it
1: 20 million other ways without saying that word, but like like I said, what the fuck does it say about you wanting to... Exa- I want to yeah, say this because exactly. it's the most important yeah. word. Yeah, <gasps> but then my I thing is, like, it. cool, you really want to
0: be part of the culture, really. Is, is, so black culture is that important to you? So where are you at the Black Lives Matter marches then? Do you know what I mean? Like, wh- how are you... Um, contributing Tell- to this culture in any other way you just and- want to take that part of it exactly. because you're being explicitly told it's not for you and what exactly. bothers me about um, circling back around to Beyonce kind of bringing her back in and and people like Piers Morgan who just kind of dismiss her work as like oh you're, you're, you're too black now so it doesn't matter we're not going to listen what's offensive about it and what I wish that you know people who are crying all of the white tears about it would understand is You're basically relegating black people and their experience into non-existence like no you don't get to talk about that and especially when it comes to beyonce because her platform is so big like oh no no no, we don't want to hear about your hardships we don't want to hear what about it thing? because that makes us uncomfortable to a makes point. Us like, exactly well that's yeah. it yeah but when she was, she was palatable, palatable she wasn't saying anything she wasn't say, she, she was, was like palatable. she was vacuous she was
1: safe and it's reminded like it's something you said earlier like the militant and the activist like whenever whenever to a certain extent whenever given the, the benefit of nuance or like the sliding scale of how things happen is yeah. either we just get hit in the hyper yeah we get hit in the hyper uh hillary and bill clinton said it those 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 predators those yeah, hyper yeah. predators you know yeah. and i'm reminded also of um yeah how we're just everything is is tenfold and ramped up and it becomes unpalatable to you becomes unsafe to you because it's not an image you can control it's not an image that sits safe with you um i'm also here thinking about like the, again with that the, the control and 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 what is what is deemed safe for for, for white people like melissa harris perry like a great fucking critic on tv a great academic someone who I like I still admire who just gets it like a whole breadth of conversation of what was going on in America today um had a show on MSNBC and it got pulled it got pulled in a very disastrous way and little by little week by week she was just noting how they were changing the format of her show Losing all the great things about it, losing all the things that, you know, it had become like this space for great black, black um, social political thought and for engaging nuanced discussions. And it got yanked. And she wrote a letter and it was like something, something, something. I am not your mammy, You know, shit. Ooh, hit them. Hit them with it. You know, I am not that safe, malleable, um, very maternal, giving everything to white people person that you want me to be and you know what i have fucking agency so i'm i'm I'm. you're gonna take my show i'm gonna leave like i'm not gonna work for you under these conditions which make you feel safe this is the thing and it works on this level you know and i just i see everything as like the micro and the macro of what we're really talking about like it became unpalatable she's started to <laughs> Dare I say, be a woman with opinions, number one, which maybe people don't like. Then she's talking about a subject matter which is close to her and millions of people, not just like not just her sole target um, uh, audience that listens to her music, but as as a wider social conversation of what's going on in the world today. That makes people feel uncomfortable. Sorry, you feel fucking uncomfortable. You have to deal with it. Well, but and it's also white people,
0: you. white people, especially in America, love to think there's not a race problem. So, oh, you know, so the fact that she's now talking about race quite explicitly, where I think genuinely... Well, I don't think this was, you know, Piers Morgan was trying to make this point in her, in his piece where he was talking about how Beyonce kind of used to talk about how she likes that people don't, quote-unquote, see her colour, um, and right. which is a terrible turn of phrase. Um, <sighs> so I think that now that Beyonce is referring... To um, her blackness, um, it, it makes white people uncomfortable because you know, to them, especially in the states, that there is no race problem. So it's kind of, and I think especially because they were already thinking that because you know what with Obama and all, it's post racial. Ob- um, obviously. So, obviously, um, so you know, the more kind of the Black Lives Matter movement has grown. I think there's there's a growing group as we can see, obviously from the massive number of Trump supporters who obviously have this way of thinking. It's a growing group who are just kind of like, oh, there wasn't a race issue, and because you know, because Obama, and now Black Lives Matter, uh, ah, yeah. you're like creating this thing because we didn't have a race issue, and so now you're creating yeah. this thing, and you're talking about race all the time. So now and Beyonce, you're to it, so and Beyonce, you're causing
1: riots, right. and you're anti-police, and you're all of these things, and, and now, I'm just like, girl and, bye.
0: and now. Girl. I... beyonce releases this album where she's really you know she's unapologetically black and just doing her thing, and so white people retreat even more like uh you're not allowed to talk about that because to us you're not black, you were very much like this kind of um colorless super being that we could
1: all relate to when you were being really vacuous and right. not really talking and, about and, anything and here's the thing like and if I haven't, if it hasn't come out explicit enough, I'm not saying, like, all white people don't get Beyonce. This is my point I want to bring into, like, what it takes to be a good ally. Because I'm not, you know, like, oh, Jesus. It's, it's always, you know, sometimes when I feel like I say not all white people, I'm the person saying I have a black friend and trying to defend <laughs> white I, just, I really feel like they're like, I have white friends. Some of my Some best of the friends people- are white. Some of my best friends <laughs> are white. You know. I, I spoke to a white girl once, you know, yeah. like She speaks to oh, this one every week, yeah Yeah. <laughs> um but what it takes to be a good ally, you know, it's actually more listening than speaking. It's actually being innocent in the way you're talking to a person rather than coming out of a position of ignorance. Like, you know, I get shut down when people come at me with the dumb shit um it's things knowing that your privilege and hey here do some homework people um if you want to understand what white privilege is in a very easy um way there's a great article that exists on the internet called uh, i think it's the 42 or 46 um 40, 42 or 46 elements of white privilege i've butchered the title but it's by someone called peggy mcintosh it's a long list and basically, she notes every way in which she, her whiteness is made palatable, which her whiteness is accepted in society. Everything from like having the same color band aid, mm-hmm. plaster, sorry, I'm getting American on you. Having this, you know, knowing that I can, you know, go, in, go and get tights and they fit my skin color. Flesh
0: colored tights, which are always for tights. white people.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I, that's why I use them on my head a lot. But. <laughs> Those are, if you if you want to talk about privilege and it being a big word, like that is a very good article to just check yourself in social interactions or check yourself in the world around you and kind of open up your eyes a little bit more that things are accessed to you and restricted for, 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 for me if I'm talking about myself, right? So and then it comes into like being a good ally. So checking your privilege and being a good ally is listening more than you're talking. As I said, it's also like I said, understanding your privilege and the kind of the back foot you're coming at for this. It's entering into a very innocent dialogue where again you're listening, but I'm talking to you, and hopefully we're having or hitting in the middle this this understanding. It's not hitting me with ignorance. Like, ah, right, that's that's bullshit. Your experience is nothing. You know, because like we've always said, we're here to have these conversations.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm here to have them. I'm not shutting them down, but but be, you gotta listen
0: to it. You gotta be open You gotta, to listen, it and hear you gotta What's do happening?
1: research. Yeah. You know, you gotta like you know be at the rally, but be reading a fucking book at the side, or just just knowing like yo, I want to enter into this debate because I actually feel like in society it privileges me more than it does you, and how can I? know for myself I need to like act to change that imbalance and create a new status quo how can I do that yeah that's being an ally and I think that's where you get people who are, on one hand don't get this fucking conversation because now she's changed and now she's not for you but then you do get white people up here it's like you know it's not actually meant to be for us and here are the reasons why right and like I'm okay with that. And I'm I don't also... need
0: to understand who Becky is. I don't need to understand <laughs> the hot sauce thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's okay. Like if you don't get it, like some shit just is not for you. And actually I just need to drop in really quickly. Um, I don't know if you would have seen this past week that possibly the most epic fuck ups of all time came from glamour UK magazine. Um, Who who were doing a thing about because, you know, obviously the Internet has been ablaze um, with talk of who is Becky with the good hair, like everybody trying to dissect this line. So Glamour UK took it upon themselves to explain what a Becky is and did this whole thing about good hair versus black hair basically which was they had to pull. listen they they put it they i think i saw the tweet was deleted mate they posted that link and they had to retract that shit triple time like this is so quickly wait 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 wait, wait, oh my bad so they so they obviously got inundated with tweets because but somebody managed to screen grab some of the um things from the actual article which is and it was a, I read it and cringed like beyond belief as a white person. Where basically it was really just like, here's why white people's hair is considered good hair. Here's why black people's. Hair. It was honest to god like on that kind of level, which makes me think this. Okay, first of all, who the fuck would who? How many Long-wise,
1: things did this hammer, go? Yeah.
0: How many things did this go through before someone was like, oh yeah, cool, like that.
1: Go yeah, but it. it could never be enough because it's fucking ignorant. No,
0: exactly. And it also highlights the fact that, Glamour, you clearly have no diversity in your office because I know if you had even but one black girl working in there, that article would never have gone up in a million years. So Glamour have got to, listen, get your mind right, act right, and shut the fuck up. Like, you don't have to write... This is another thing. Like, Glamour, clearly a magazine for white women, let's be real.
1: You don't
0: get to have an opinion on that. Do you know what I'm saying? You actually... Don't get to have an opinion on that. And this is another thing I can't stand where it's like you just, again, as I was saying in in terms of, you know, calling bullshit earlier in the show, um, Mm. just this rush to like have an opinion on some shit. It's like, but glamour, you have no understanding of what that term means. You have made no effort to learn about what that term means um and and if you have so you've done so in a very primitive sense and had a white girl write it and it's offensive and you should never have done it and it was a really bad fucking choice and please just side note hire some people of color please
1: listen listen like well
0: okay sorry
1: hire. no no well if that's not like the greatest one of the greatest uh examples of white explaining then Jesus. Oh my
0: god. It was God like,
1: knows. God it knows was, what it is.
0: That will go as like, some like music. Hiring,
1: hiring, hiring people of colour in these spaces is. I, f- I feel like we've got two new podcast episodes yeah. coming on. Honestly. Um, but I co-sign. But that's some bullshit. Like. <sighs> I've I've read a, a think piece. There's a fusion piece, I believe, up just about... Just the one. Like, You've <laughs> read just the one about Becky, have you? Because let me tell you.
0: There's roughly four million eight hundred seventy-two thousand
1: nine hundred. I mean, there's, there's 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 plenty. I've read I've read one so far. I've also had seen you know people like Iggy saying to be like that's racist. Oh I'm not Like Becky.
0: another one. Just another I've had one. People come don't up to me and
1: be like, I've had people come up to be like, what does Becky with the good hair mean? And I just give them the face like
0: but Lamara, you represent all black people exactly
1: oh. please
0: do you not ding, know ding, this ding,
1: ding, 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 ding. ten thousand dollar answer oh because <laughs> like oh you're black you get it you know you're you, my encyclopedia for black knowledge you have to answer all our questions about the blacks i exactly <laughs> do you have to answer all the questions you know it because you live in blacktopia Every day, Lamar. And you know, you could just pick up your phone and call Beyonce and be like, girl, what do you want me to tell these people? Like, again, this is going into like definitely another episode that we need to cover of like being the only one or being the most accessible one, which now has, to... and this is what I felt post Beyonce of like, oh, how much shit do I have to explain now? Okay, I'm just sitting there tapping my foot. Yeah. You know, someone came to me and was like, well, have you read everything? And I lied. I, said, <laughs> I lied. Not... What do you think? And I said, I think it's a great music album. And I was being ignorant because I know the next thing that is gonna come out of that person's mouth is they're gonna they're gonna take notes verbatim of what I'm saying. And know that they've asked Lamara, yeah. the youngest black person they know. Yeah. And now what she says, no, I'm not doing that for you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm fed up of doing that. Yeah. That's not how it should be, yeah, you know. Again, if you want to be an ally, come at me a bit correctly. Yeah. Um. Jesus, Jesus. 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 Mary and Joseph. Yeah. Or, or as I heard this week, Jesus wept on a bicycle riding backwards. That's quite the visual. I <laughs> Love stuff like that. I love it. It's just my own. Um. But yeah. Who? Hey. All
0: right. That was yeah. Okay. I mean,
1: pre-Beyonce, this came for, for understanding bangs and eyes dynamic of like how we've talked about race in the past mm. and how from you it like in the conversations we've ever had I've never felt like you didn't fucking get it or you weren't trying to learn and we we ages ago we were speaking like you know well not understanding ourselves in isolation but we have this conversation and we have this dynamic about a lot of things and it, I've never not felt I've never felt offended I've never felt like you didn't you, you didn't want to know. And like, I, I, I'm i again, I'm coming at this talking to you, like not trying to impose, like, these are my rules for which we must enter these conversations, but we've just always been really fluid and honest with shit like this. Yeah. And yeah. my interaction with you, as is with a lot of my other white friends is never, it's very rarely been like the ignorance comes first yeah it's never it's never been like you just want my opinion and to satisfy and answer all your questions yeah, yeah so we've always we've always thought about doing this episode in terms of like how the fuck do we talk about our friendship again and things that we talk about that we actually fucking vibe yeah. on yeah a lot you know and understanding like how you've grown up you know your mates and where you have come from in Leeds and like how I've grown up and you know you know, how my mates and the schools I went to and, like, the thought I have that's been instilled with me and I read and yada, 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 yada. And we come together and we're like... And again, we're not your Benetton advert, people. Like, note no. that. Like, yes. we're not your Benetton advert. But there's a way in which... Which I hope you, you've you you've listened and kind of understood that there's a way to talk about race between two people of opposite races, which doesn't come... Which understands privilege and doesn't doesn't take away... Uh, maybe the agency will leave all the explaining for one person to do. Like, this conversation, this interaction, if everything we've said is, like, talking more and bridging a gap more, it can happen. It's not an easy conversation. It's a very uncomfortable Mm. conversation. There's a lot of things that will get learnt and unlearnt in the process of this conversation. But that's to say, like, we've always thought this amongst ourselves, pre-podcast, post podcast. Then Beyonce dropped her shit and we're like actually what we need to do is have a larger conversation about yeah. white privilege about being an ally and as of of the mainstream and the otherness um through through her body of work which I hope we
0: hopefully we've done.
1: done if we haven't it's always just dope to fucking want, talk to I want I want
0: to yeah well you as well um I want to just I think I'll kind of sum off with. Something that you said, um, just, I don't think it was, it was actually just in private conversation between the two of us, but that actually really stuck with me because I had never Mm -hmm. um, really considered it that way before, but we were having a discussion about race um, and I think you were talking, I think you were talking about somebody who does always come to you as like the token black girl in your situation and tries to ask you questions. And I think you had mentioned somebody saying to you about how they don't see color. And now I've heard people use white people use this phrase oh. all of my life. I've heard that. And I've always thought it, I've always been like, uh, yeah, bullshit, whatever. Um, that's really, I've always thought that's mad ignorant, but I never thought about the actual impact of someone saying that until you said the following to me, um, you said that really, it really bothers me when people say that because that means you can't see me. And that, when you said that, it was like, I felt like I got punched in my solar plexus, you know, it's just like, it it hurt that, that you have felt that, you know what I mean? Like I I hurt for you because I thought, Oh God, I can't even imagine that feeling. And people use that phrase so often. And so I just kind of wanted to end on that, just in terms of like, Mm. as Lamara was saying, yeah, we have conversations about race and stuff all the time. And I can think that I'm really enlightened and uh, quote, unquote, woke, as people like to say these days. Um, (laughs) And sure, I can go ahead and think that. But I learn every day Um, from Lamara and others mainly through shutting the fuck up and just listening to what people have to say, you know what I mean? And that comes to that's on issues of race, gender, sexuality, whatever the fuck it is. If someone is coming from a different perspective from you, it's your responsibility as a decent functioning human member of society to Uh listen and try and gain an understanding
1: of that. That's my point. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) yes tonight. yes as okay. I, I, I'm, I'm imitating I let me do my involvement impression of late two fingers to the lips, mic drop mic drop
0: for sure yes
1: <laughs> yeah awesome awesome cool. awesome awesome we went in
0: sure That do. that
1: well that's filled your two week drought people yeah
0: hopefully yeah um obviously uh, let us know what you think on all that oh wait hang on have you got some words of wisdom
1: yeah you oh. yeah sure, have, you. have you on. sure do I right. I have some words of wisdom. Do it. Um basically, it's a quote. I picked up reading this week, and it says, There is no earthly reason for me to delay my good. True. I say yeah. it again. There is no earthly reason for me to delay my good. Um, yeah, shit. I mean self-explanatory. Don't put off the thing that you try to put off. Mm. Um don't be scared to take that chance or that risk. All of that stuff that maybe how you just dissect it and understand it is different to me, but, um, time waits for no one. So fucking do it now. Basically.
0: I like <laughs> that. That's good. That's yeah. strong. That's a strong one. Um, mine would be, um, <laughs> oh,
1: you're smirking. Right,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I know you're going to laugh already, but mine would be, um, a little phrase that I've heard from many West Indian parents in my life. Um, if you do not hear, you must feel.
1: Yes, <laughs> that which I think is hear, those who can't hear must feel. There you oh, go, yes. shivers, shivers, yes. Like, shivers.
0: Um, I've heard that from many of my friends' parents growing up, and I think it's um, it's a freaking great phrase. First of all, <laughs> I think it's just a really wonderful turn of phrase, but um, but it's great. Yeah, if you if you cannot hear, you must feel, which um, I think you've either felt that in your own life where Damn, it's I've done. yeah you know like where you've just ignored advice and then it's just you've got to feel the consequences of it you know um and I've kind of been going through that with someone this week and was like well if you cannot hear you must feel and feel you will so enjoy
1: <laughs> yes people 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 um yo where can they find us at
0: you can find us on the Twitter um, at No BS Guide to Life. We have a website, nobsguidetolife.com. We have other things. Do we? Do we have... Oh, we've got... Yeah, gone...
1: it... yeah. We're on iTunes. Oh, um, yeah. We exist on iTunes, if that's your primary mode of listening to us. Please subscribe, subscribe rate, subscribe, review. rate, review, all of the good stuff. Uh, we also have a SoundCloud account, but... Oh, mm.
0: We're, yeah, we're unsure about that right now. <laughs> we're, we're
1: in talks about uh, that. Plot twist. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we exist on Twitter. We exist on iTunes. We have a website. We're personally contactable. You can get me yeah. on the Twitter at Lemo P, I believe. Am I Lemo? I always get this wrong. You're uh, Lemel underscore P. I'm Lemo underscore P. Um. Oh, damn it. At me. Get my bars. You can get Disney. me
0: everywhere online at bangs in a bun and if you have any topic suggestions that you would like us to talk about please email us nobsguide to life at gmail.com
1: yeah we're here man like we're we're we're, we're back
0: and we we're, we're yeah we're back now we'll stop fucking around we're going to be back with a new episode next week
1: <gasps> most definitely you heard so it here first until then yep you heard it here first later Peace. bye bye